Welcome into another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Jeff Lossett, co-founder and producer of the podcast. It's game week, and we have three or four great interviews uh, from coaches throughout Pearl River County tonight on this episode. But before I give you the rundown, let me tell you a little bit about Talking Ball Y'all. We are expanding, and it the future is bright for the podcast, and it is all because of the listeners and it's because of people like you supporting uh, the podcast. Talk, Talking Ball, y'all, is fortunate to be calling all football games and live sports for all three of the county schools here in Perver County, Poplarville, PRC, and Picune. Uh, and I'm going to tell y'all how to find <clears throat> the live uh, events for each school. First of all, it's free. It's free to download the MixLR app, M-I-X-L-R. It's a free app. Download the app, create an account, and follow the three schools, and you will get live alerts, or you will get alerts when we go live, and you will be also able to uh, listen to the archive games and archive sports that will be to each account. But first, download the free MixLR app for Poplarville, Search Talking Ball Y'all, all lowercase, all one word. That's Talking Ball Y'all. And you'll see the logo with the Popperville Hornets and the Talking Ball Y'all logo. And that is the page to follow all of Poplarville Hornet uh, sports. Next, Blue Devil fans, search Blue Devil, all lowercase, all one word, B-L-U-E-D-E-V-I-L, Blue Devil and that will take you to the page where you can follow all of Blue Devil Sports there. And last but certainly not least, Picayune. Download the free MixLR app, search Picayune, P-I-C-A-Y-U-N-E, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can find live football and live sports for Picayune as well. And once again, we'd like to thank the listeners. We'd like to thank the sponsors that's been with us. Uh, this is going on season nine. So we would like to thank all of y'all for supporting us. And this couldn't be, uh, it's not possible. None of this is uh, possible without uh, the support from the listeners and from the sponsors. But great guest list tonight. Uh, first off on the list, we're going to talk to Pearl River Community College head football coach, uh, Seth Smith. Second on the list, we're going to talk to the Poplarville Hornet head football coach, Jay Beach. Third on the list, we're going to talk to Pearl River Central Blue Devil head coach, Jacob Owen. And last on the list, but certainly not least, Picky and Maroon Tide head football coach, Cody Stogner. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, football fans. Devin Smith here with Remax Premier Group in Picky. It's August and that means one thing. It's football season. Our area schools have worked so hard to give us all something to be excited about. I take great pride in my football roots in Pearl River County and I'm honored to serve our people. I look forward to helping residents both old and new make Pearl River County their home. I would love to help you with any and all of your real estate needs. You can contact me at our office, 601-798-3399 or 601-347-2641. Or you can catch me in the stands cheering on my favorite players under those Friday night lights. We are now pumped to have Seth Smith entering his third year as the head coach for the Pearl River Community College Wildcats. Seth, thanks for taking time for the podcast, bud. Man, I appreciate you having me. Excited as always to talk a little ball week. Seth, let's look at these Wildcats and this group that you have coming back. A lot of folks coming back from last year's team. So, kind of tell us how that looks from a, a coach's perspective when you have the numbers you have coming back. Well, for us, you know, one is, is obviously just experience and maturity. I mean, both of those kind of combined and. Look, I'll be the first one to tell you, this has it's been a, a fantastic learning curve coming here and, and jumping in this league. And, you know, up to this point, we haven't done anything, but we feel, feel great about the kids we have coming back. Culturally, we, we finally feel like, uh, you know, all these kids understand what we expect day in and day out. And, and also as coaches, being in this league now, six games during the COVID year and then last year as a full year, just kind of taking and pulling from the experiences of, of the, you know, the game since we've been here and, and just building on that. So, yeah, anytime you can return as many guys that we have returning, you, you, you feel like hopefully it gives you a leg up. 
Seth, you kind of talked about it in your answer there, but does this feel like kind of the first normal offseason and then fall camp, just the way that the world has been, man. You took uh, this head coaching job there and then everything just kind of got turned on its head with what uh, the world's been dealing with, with the pandemic. But does it feel like a, a semi-normal football setting now? Yeah, I told I told my wife the other day, I feel like I'm in Hurley again. You know, hmm. obviously reps have been back at Central. This is the first time since we've left so, and listen, there, there's no excuse to have not been better than while we're better, so I'm not saying it for that. I'm just saying, but it does, everything about this seems normal. I told Dr. Brewer the other day, this is the first time I've stopped in here, and I, and I didn't realize it, but, you know, classes started Monday, and I looked out my office window, and there's cars everywhere. When we first got the job, there were no cars here, and then last year there were a few cars, but now that's a normal, it's incredible the amount of people here and what a thriving campus wrong, but... Really, yeah, this is the first time since we've been here where you get the full effect of everything. And, and, and trust me, there's a lot of joy with that for sure. Seth, looking at your club last year, uh, towards the end, and, I, and to be fair, throughout the year, it seemed like you had a little bit more stamp on uh, as far as the intensity and the effort uh, that y'all played with. I know that's one of your trademarks. I know you, you coach them hard and, and love them hard. Um, just speak to, I know you've kind of talked about the success rate, maybe not being where you want it, but you saw some signs last year. Is that fair? Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, I really thought, uh, in the corner was that you may say, well, look at your record. I don't know what you're talking about, but, <laughs> you know, for, from my standpoint, it's looking at the full body. You know, this is the third time I've been a part of a turnaround, which I told Devin, third time that y'all look like, Maybe a wrap for these turnarounds because they're extremely grueling. But, you know, it's, it's it's the same way years ago when I was at Purver Central and then I guess almost nine or ten years ago when we first started at East Central. You know, it, it does take time. It requires a lot of patience and it requires a tremendous amount of mental toughness not to deviate from kind of what got you there. So to answer your question, I would say the Jones game last year when you kind of started seeing uh, these kids get it because – here we were a team out of the playoff hunt, playing the number one team in the country, and and if we score on the last drive, we win. A lot of kids would have already tapped out, so that's a testament to the kind of kids we get to coach, and and really a testament to them being being coachable and buying into what we're asking. Tell them all the time, look, every kid in this league's got doctor ability. That, that that that's a given. They're, everybody in this league is talented, but the one thing that we want to make sure we control is what we do that get the Gators, and that's why great effort. So. I thought as the season progressed, you know, as poor as it was record-wise, there were a ton of positives, you know, just from a cultural and an effort standpoint that we feel like will carry over to this year because all those kids are back. I'm not trying to bore you, so now you don't have to go into the spring and the summer reteaching stuff. You just build on what they already know. Seth, so you played at a high level at, at PRCC. You coached high school at, at a high level there at East Central. Is it even eye-opening to you at times? Um, I, I'm going to make, I guess, me and you sound a little bit older here, but how far this league has come talent-wise. I mean, this thing is littered with <laughs> really great A players. You you said it in your answer there, man. There is some God-given uh, talent that's going to be uh, on display on Thursdays and Saturdays in this league. Yeah, no, it, it really is. You know, I laughed. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know Rudy compared to some of these kids. I was just a <laughs> slow linebacker out there trying to tackle people 20-something years ago. You look at the way some of these kids go now. Well, even the linebackers we have, we have four of them that are, you know, one, some four, four, and the other ones are four, five, four, six. I mean, it's, and that's not just us. That's throughout the league. So, yeah, there are, <clears throat> there are players everywhere. Which, you know, from a coaching standpoint, is a joy because, you know, you're going to get the coach account the kid. But the one thing we have to do now, or I have to do, is make sure we put them in position to be successful. Because they're playing hard now. They come with a great attitude. They do all those things. So if they're doing their part, it's it's our part or my part of the coach to put them in possession to be successful. So hopefully we'll get to watch this year and you'll be like, all right, old, old boys learn a little bit. So we'll see. Coach, you mentioned him in your answer there, Justin Jefferson, a linebacker out of Memphis who's garnered all kinds of attention, uh, committed to Alabama. What's he like to watch uh, develop and see day-to-day? -day? Tell us a little bit about this kid. Yeah, he's a, he's a 
to me, he's the epitome of, of, of what's fun about coaching at this level. You know, he's a kid that we obviously barely knew coming out of high school. He's from Memphis. We got him last year. Great kid. They love him. You know, there was a, you know, a little, little coaching and teaching on and off the field for him to kind of understand what our daily expectation was. But once he bought into that, he, he honestly just started soaring. And, you know, again, I referenced the Jones game. It was really that game where it started to take off for him, and it just carried over to the spring. And he really has. He's been fantastic, just like the rest of our kids. Look, I'm not trying to say a corny, but it, it honestly is. I'm sure most coaches say this, but when you've endured what we've endured since we've been here, whether it was the COVID or the losing season, you know, that's not easy. But to do it with kids who have just bought in and still have a great attitude, they don't pop, they don't mope, they just come to work. You know, as a coach, that's rewarding. And you feel like the least you can do is put these kids in position. And, and, and it's rewarding to see a kid like J.J. who came here with no Division One offers who's come and done everything we asked and now it's getting going out of Alabama. That's almost unheard of. Coach, when you look at the attention that a kid like that gets, how does it help uh, the other players, maybe your practice, to kind of show them, hey, look, you perform, you do what you are supposed to do, what we're asking you to do, the attention, the offers will come. Because it seems like that's uh, come to Pearl River Community College. Seems like you're going to have a good bit of Division One players on this roster. Yeah, Really, what it does, Clay, is just validate everything you tell them. You know, I'm just tired of hearing myself talk up there preaching to them. So, whenever you get to see these things come to life, you know, as a coach, you have a vision and you try to present your vision, but the kids have to believe in it. So, when they see these things you talk about come to life, it just it just gives you, you know, validity to what you're saying. So, it excites, you know, obviously the kid that gets the offer, but, you know, like you said, it, it enhances the atmosphere around them where these other kids realize, okay, well, now, if, if he can do it and I work hard, I got a chance to do it too. So that would be the biggest thing to just bring, it gives validity to everything you've been telling Coach, you talked about school starting. You're about, I guess, eight or nine days out from September the 1st. That's going to be your home opener against Holmes. Kind of give us a look at what camp has looked like and will look like down the stretch run to get ready for that home opener. Yeah, so, you know, we were only one of, I think, two, I think just us and one other school, maybe three, that brought kids in in June. You know, and, and obviously that's because, you know, we didn't have a great year last year, which we knew when we took this job, it wasn't going to happen overnight. But we were ready to get back. So we've been going, you know, man, <laughs> again, credit our kids for having a great attitude. It's been a grind for us since June. But this is really our third month to be after it. So started, went through summer workouts, and then, of course, you got to start, you know, start fall camp a couple weeks ago and pad. So that part's been fun. And just, and just watching the, the progression and the maturation of not just the players, but the program as a whole as you, as you roll into September 1st. And hopefully you'll get to see the fruits on label. We hope. We sure have been farming and all this rain. I sure hope helps these crops. So how about that? <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for. Coach, when you talk about like what you've said there, I don't think people realize, you know, when you have kids around a campus, it takes a certain amount of support, right? The cafeteria staff, your train, like, so it's not, uh, you mentioned the players and the staff, that's grind on a lot of people around there. And I'm sure uh, those folks have been good to your program. I know you're a, a guy that is always uh, grateful for the help, but just kind of spe speak to the community it takes to get something like that done. Yeah, it, it really does from the people who run the dorms, like you said, to the cafeteria, because you got to remember, you know, regular students aren't on campus during the summer. Most of those classes are online, so during the summertime, the campus is pretty much empty. So these cafeteria workers have to actually come back just for athletes, you know, so just the service and the way they give back. And, and, and I mean, I, I'll go as far as, you know, our maintenance workers. That's one thing Dr. Brewerwood has done a great job of. He has, he has positioned the school to be successful in all avenues. And I said this is the time I got the job. And that's untrusting. I had no idea the learning curve ahead of me. But I'm, I'm glad I'm here. It's been a joy. But everything that this man has set up and created here, it don't matter if you're a welder or a football coach. The tools to be successful at this place. And that's why, again, we love being here. And we're going to do our best to make this school and this community proud. Seth, when you look at what y'all's fall schedule may be like with 
with your kids participating in football, you've already talked about kind of what your uh, schedule looks like. Uh, your nerves uh, on Friday nights compared to what you'll be doing on, on Thursday nights. How's that uh, kind of compare when, when you're watching yours compete under the lights on Friday night opposed to being a head ball coach on Thursday? You know, it's, it's, it's similar, but it's different. It's similar to the standpoint that when, you know, you're out here getting ready for a Thursday night game, and, you know, you're excited, you kind of, you know, you have a little control of it, you know, because you, you can call this or call that and slow it up or speed it up. But when you watch as a baby out there, it's different. You just say you're a big player before the game starts, protect them, help them get after it. And you, you have the same nerves in a sense, but it is a little different when you watch, when you watch your baby out there and, you know, for us personally, but again, we don't do that, but, but, uh, probably through the storm, you know, from the time we got here, COVID hit our first year. Tucker, our oldest, was going to be a sophomore, tore his ACL. So this is, again, for us, just, it's just so rewarding. Like you started this conversation off with to be to a place of normalcy where, you know, the boys are healthy. Coach Beach and them do a phenomenal job at Popperville. So now you're, you know, you're excited about these upcoming Thursday nights because we finally feel like, you know, we have a team and a product that we can feel that will be reflective of the work we put in. And then on the next night, you get to go watch your, your baby boys play. So, uh, you know, just a humbling, excited, great times right now. Coach, should be a great time on Friday night as there'll be a county get-together oh, right there wait. in your backyard. How fun is that one going to be to watch? Oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a blast. Obviously, I mean, for me, Picayune, I don't think they're just the number one team in five A. I think they're the number one team in all classifications. They're they're loaded, and Coach Stocker and his staff do a great job. I mean, you know, that goes without saying. Coming off a state championship team and returning as many players as they return, so you know, I know Coach each of them realize they'll have their hands full. But you know, you look at what Jerry's done at Popperville. There's not many people who's ever coached a sport who have done what he's done, and and then for me and my wife personally, you know, we'll have our oldest who's a senior on the field, our second who's a junior on the field, our third one who'll be a freshman dressed out, and our baby boy who'll be a ball boy on the field. So it's uh, just really, really good times in the house right now. I know, <laughs> I, I told Devin, I know Jay and them will do their part at Popsville, and my boy is going to be a part of winning, so Daddy's just got to do his part this year. That way uh, Thursdays will be as good as Fridays for us. <laughs> I love it, Seth, man. I appreciate uh, you, man. We appreciate um, how often you've been able to come on, how you'll spare time for us. It's not lost on us how busy you are, and you always carve out a, a space for the show. So thank you for that, Seth. Appreciate your friendship as well. Well, hey, I'm just honored to be on here. I kind of feel like a peon now. I come on. Y'all are famous. Y'all got all kind of big names on here now. So thank you for having me, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate you, man. Hi, Clay. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, bro. Bye. Has your car got a ding while the Poplarville Hornets are chasing a ring? Well, give the Body Shop a call. That's right, the Body Shop, who's located on Highway 26 East in Poplarville. Locally owned and operated. Call them today for an estimate. 601-795-9100. Go Hornets. And we're on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Jason Baker being joined by head coach of the Poplarville Hornets, Jay Beach. And, uh, well, Jay, here we are. Football season is upon us, um, really on the cusp of it. And um, for your ball club, take us through the offseason, eliminated out of the South State Championship game. Literally, not many teams can say inches away from another state championship appearance, but that's what you were on that Friday night. Uh, after Thanksgiving last year over in Columbia. Take us through that moment to getting to where we are now. What kind of offseason has it been? How has this team worked? And how are you excited to be talking some ball? Yeah, I mean, big time disappointing loss to end last year, 12-7 uh, to loss, and had uh, multiple opportunities to win the game. So, uh, you know, after that, the guys on the, that will be returning, uh, you know, we, we tried to uh, pinpoint some reasons we lost the game. And uh, one of them was was toughness, mental toughness. And that's something we've focused on this off season. In the weight room is where you build your mental toughness, I believe. And that's what we focused on, building mental toughness as well as physical toughness in the weight room. And 
that's been a long, you know, a long few months there, grinding it out in the weight room, and, and uh, had a good spring training. Uh, found out who some of our leaders would be, which we got great leadership in the senior class, um, led by our four captains, uh, Mark Will, Matt Will, Tucker Smith, and Tank Trotter. Uh, the captain selected this year uh, from our senior class that already had great leadership. And uh, anyway, summer summer ended up being a pretty good summer for us. Uh, you know, I, I said could have been better. Could have uh, could have been better. Had a had a great summer, but you know, you hit, we was missing uh, three or four or five kids. Uh, you know, didn't have the summer I wanted. But uh, not to focus on the negative or anything. The, the, the our core and our, our starters and uh, had had a great summer and um, I think well I think we're ready to have a good year this year. On Friday night, you will unveil a new field surface and actually uh, practically outside of the bleachers, a brand new stadium. The scoreboard last year was put up about three quarters of the way through the season. The video board that's here at the Hornets Nest, but you've installed turf. There's new brick columns surrounding this field, a new fence, new columns along the play clocks. It's just almost a completely revamped facility. But you've had to navigate around that. How difficult has it been uh, this summer kind of navigating the logistics of where to, where to work out, where to practice, that sort of thing? Yes, and even in spring training, we didn't have the field we were used to. We didn't have our practice field or our game field. We had to borrow the band field and had to go over to Pearl River and practice some. And this summer, we didn't really have a field to practice on, uh, per se. We used the band field, which isn't quite as big as our a, a real game field, but uh, it wasn't too bad. And then the, our, our new field, our new turf, was ready for the first day of fall camp. So we were thankful for that. We hadn't missed any practice in the fall camp. Uh, and it's been a blessing. It's been a, a great surface. Uh, we hadn't had to paint it. Uh, it's always ready to go, um, you know, didn't have to weed it, spray it, bugs, nothing like that. So it, it's it's great and uh, it's beautiful as everything we wanted. We have no complaints at all about it, uh, and thrilled to be on it every day. This team you mentioned already leadership. I felt like and and still do, and and I would imagine I'll uh, echo this theme throughout the season. I, I felt like leadership would be one of its its strongest qualities. But you're going to return quite a bit, um, at least from skill position side of things, in my opinion, of what you're bringing back. You bring your quarterback back in Matt Will offensively. Uh, you do bring back Maurice Travis. Quan Hutterson's had some carries. Lawrence Jamison's had some carries in this offense. Um, for you, let's start offensively. What excites you about this group is, as you said, on the cusp of starting a new season? Yeah, just our senior class, and I, I looked at our depth chart. I think we have maybe nine seniors on offense and ten on defense. I believe something like that. We're very senior heavy. Uh, a lot of experience coming back. Our main ball carriers, uh, the number one and number two on depth chart, uh, and, and our ball carriers are seniors that have have experience. Quarterback's a three-year starter. Um, yeah, offensive line has some experience. Uh, so offensively, uh, you know, we've got a lot of experience coming back. Defensively, uh, more than half of our defense uh, um, has a lot of experience. There's going to be some new guys, but uh, you got Tucker, Smith, and Tank, and Mark, and Quan, Lawrence uh, on that defensive side. I don't want to leave anybody out, but. Um, we have Avon and Maurice on the offensive side of the ball. Like I said, three-year starter at quarterback. Kane Edwards on the offensive line. Connor Gibson on the offensive line have a lot of starts. Um, and so, so we're, we're, we're excited about this year for sure. Avon Jarvis, a name that I didn't mention that you did just a moment ago. Avon's a, a really cool story, in my opinion. He was a sophomore that actually scored in the state championship game against Louisville, really in a backup role. But for me, it, it really showed your belief in him. That was two years ago uh, that you believed he could become the football player he, he is, at least currently to this date. Tell us what kind of year has Avon had offseason workout-wise. He looks trimmer uh, to my eye from what I've seen. Um, and really kind of looks the part now versus maybe the kid that we saw as a sophomore scoring in that game. What makes him special? What is it that uh, you hope that you'll see displayed from Avon Jarvis throughout this year? 
Yeah, Vaughn was behind DJ Richard Bay, and, you know, DJ was a very good back for us, but Yvonne just happened to be behind him. And uh, DJ got hurt last year, and Yvonne's first game as a starter, he had, I think, 20 carries for 249 yards and three touchdowns, I believe. So uh, he's a very capable back. Uh, very excited to have him at our tailback spot. Um, you know, he, he is a lot faster than you would think. Uh, got great vision and, and very hard to bring down. Um, you know, so where he may have been kind of in a backup role or, or spot player for us this year, he's gonna he's gonna carry the load. This all this spring, you played in a spring jamboree type format against Wayne County. Um, unveiled a little wrinkle of a new offense. Um, you know, I'm sure the wing T principles uh, aren't going to leave you as, as your lineage is uh, certainly uh, stuck in that and in and known to that. But uh, at least have added something now offensively from a from a philosophy standpoint and maybe even from some formations. Uh, just your thought and in, in, in maybe comment on on why why the little bit of a change and wrinkle that you displayed in the spring game. Yeah, we, we tweaked some things that we feel like uh, fit our personnel a little more. Uh, we have a, a big offensive line this year, and we're going to be more of a uh, – we're going to use our, that to our advantage, more and more power blocking. And I said Yvonne was going to carry the load, but Maurice, let's say if Yvonne has 20 carries, Maurice will probably have 15 in a game right there behind him. And also Maurice will split out and play some receiver and be more of a receiving threat. Uh, so there'll be a good one-two punch in the backfield, and, you, and then Matt. Matt's a very capable runner and thrower. We'll use him in both. Uh, he'll get to run the ball a lot, and, and we'll use him to throw the ball a lot too. Let's go to this defense. You touched on them just a moment ago, but they are a senior-laden defense. Ten starters are seniors uh, that we expect to see defensively. Um, you got a guy in Mark Will who has got – I don't know what the career tackle total number would be as a Hornet, but I would imagine with another good quality senior campaign, he would be up there uh, for top tacklers all time in a Hornet uniform. Tucker Smith, a guy that has kind of been around in, in uh, the green and gold. He's kind of moved from defensive end, D-tackle. Last year played a lot of nose. He'll line up there this year for the second year consecutively. What do you hope from maybe those two guys? And then maybe give us the unsung guy that, that could jump off the page that you hope has a big year for the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, I expect Mark and Tucker and Tank, um, you know, those are three captains on the defensive side of the ball. I expect them to play with a lot of passion. I expect them to be leaders on and off the field. And they're going to play great. I know it. Um, the, the the secondary guys, uh, kind of an unsung guy, might be a, a Benny Jarvis. It's going to play a lot for us in the secondary and a lot for us in the, on the offensive side too. Um, and you have a guy like James Pierce. He's going to play D tackle for us. And uh, you know he I, he hasn't uh, gained a lot of recognition yet, but I think this year you're going to see he's really tough to move in there. He's going to eat up two gaps. Uh, 630 pound squatter, 375 pound bench press guy. Uh, this will be his first year to really be in the limelight. Jay, you, you've enjoyed almost unprecedented type success here. When you analyze a team in an off season, are you watching to see how hungry they are? I, I go back to that Friday night loss against Columbia, and you know that was such an opposite feeling game of the first match against Columbia in October inside the Hornets' nest. When you left Columbia, were you anxious to see how hungry this team would be or how they would respond? Um, is that really like what you every year do you try to think about that? Because I, I guess what I'm getting at, a program that's had this kind of success, for people like me, I worry, does complacency ever sit in? Does complacency ever fall into this? And, uh, you know, could a team, you know, fall jeopardy to that? Do you do you watch and try to see that from a, a team standpoint? And you know, are you looking at this team to make sure they don't fall complacent? Well, I don't think we're, you know, I don't think we're complacent. We're going to be, I don't think this group's going to be complacent because we haven't achieved the ultimate goal yet of, of winning a state championship. And each year uh, we've got there and we've lost and it's been disappointing. And hopefully um, those guys are hungry or know we got to get better. We got to, you know, we got to be five points better than last year to win one. 
Um, you know, I, 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 you know, if we had won a couple of those state championships, maybe some complacency might creep in. But you know, we're we're still trying to reach that ultimate goal. You will open this uh, season with arguably the marquee match in the entire state of Mississippi on Friday night as all these games take place. The Picayune Maroon Tide, the reigning 5A state champions in the state of Mississippi come in maybe with one of their more highly touted type teams, um, certainly from a national perspective with uh, Dante Dowdell's national recruitment. What do you know about Cody Stockner's club? What do you anticipate? Uh, this matchup kind of being with, you know, the inter-county rivalry, if you will. Well, they're just so good at what they do, at what they do, you know, their offense and how they how they run it and what they do. They've done it for years and years, and it's a it's a very very hard offense to stop. Uh, if you know their coaching staff know knows what they're doing, knows how to do it, knows how to make adjustments with it, it's just hard to stop. And. Uh, and we're going to line up and do everything we can, humanly possible, to do it to stop them. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a dogfight in there. Uh, I expect our guys to to do well. Uh, you know, hopefully their four-star athletes don't break some tackles and score on us. You know, but we're going to do our best to to keep them from that. And their defense, Spikings defense, is very very good too. Uh, when you go up against that type of offense, you you have to have a physical defense, and uh, they gain that. You know, iron sharpens iron. They're going against their offense every day. So you know they're going to be physical on defense too. And we have to do a great job of getting first downs and uh, to keep their offense off the field so they don't wear on us. And uh, so really, you know, our offense has a lot of pressure. We need to keep – we need to move the ball. I've never asked you this, but I, I'm not sure why we play them week one, if it's by choice, if it's just how the schedule worked out. Are, are you are you of the coaching mindset that you want to be tested very early? Like, is this a, a thought process like, man, I would love to play a program like that game one so we can sort of check our oil, if you will? Or is this a team that you would rather play? three, four weeks from now, maybe when they've had some bumps and bruises, maybe take us through how the process is set up over the last couple of years. Because you opened the year last year with them, but you had a jamboree actually the week before last year before playing them. Is there any particular reason why we play week one or is it just sort of how the schedule's worked out or is it a, a coaching mentality like, hey, I, I want to see us against the best early? I think this year, just how it's just worked out that way, week one, I think the two years before that, we played them week four, and then we've played them week one before, and we played them week four. Uh, I think it just fit Cody and, and I's schedule the best because Cody has difficult scheduling people. We have difficulty scheduling people. So, hey, I, I was able to get a week four team. You want to play week one? And we just it just worked out that way. Um, he was flexible with his schedule, and I think I, we were flexible with ours, and it just worked out to play week one. And uh, it's a fun game. I think we got the team to compete with them this year. And uh, so so why not? I mean, it's going to be a fun, fun game to be a part of. Win or lose, it'll be fun. Absolutely. That's our head coach of the Popperville Hornets, Jay Beach, joining you on this Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Jay, we look forward to the coverage of your uh, team week in, uh, week out this season. Uh, best of luck and thank you for your time. All right. Thank you, Jason. That is Jay Beach of the Popperville Hornets on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Hey everybody, have you heard about the new restaurant in town, Brickside Coffee Cafe? Stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee, made by one of our great baristas, and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch or dinner, pancakes, the bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, breadfish tacos, and so much more. Don't forget the Brownie Alamo. Check us out on Facebook, order online, stop by the drive-thru, or come on in and stay well. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll make you happy. Welcome back, back into Talking Ball, y'all podcast. Football, high school football preview. With a little college thrown in later on with an interview with uh, head coach Seth Smith. But right now, Jeff Lossett standing by with Pervers Central Blue Devil head coach Jacob Owen. Coach, thanks for taking time for the podcast tonight. 
Well, thank you guys for having us. And as always, thank you for doing what you do. Coach, let's talk about uh, your spring, the off season. It's really not off season when you when you uh, when you have a team and, and the coaches have no off season too. You're always game planning and looking at stuff on film and looking at your kids coming out. But let's talk about the spring uh, back during uh, March, April, May, and then spring game leading up into the summer. Uh, during spring, I thought we had a solid 15 days. Uh, I thought our guys uh, focused and you know tried to uh, tried to you know catch what we were throwing at them, so to speak and, uh, you know, adapt to uh, our offense and our defensive schemes. And I thought, you know, the spring football game, uh, you know, we played a little blue and white game. We got to play a lot of people. We got to see a lot of people on film uh, and got to evaluate a lot of people. So I thought that was a really good thing. Um, felt like it went well. You know, and you talk about a lot of people look for people to play, and you wanted to keep it in-house. As you mentioned, you had a, a lot of young players on the team. Uh, you, you're looking through the rosters. I was this jamboree, a lot of sophomores, uh, sophomore heavy, uh, it looked like. But uh, it, it was it was good to keep it in-house. You know, like you mentioned, got to play a lot of kids. A uh, little blue-white scrimmage is, is always uh, nothing, nothing shy about that. Yeah, nearly 50% of our roster is uh, comprised of, uh, of sophomores. So um, we are very young, and I, I think it is important to uh, – you can see them in practice go through drills, but you never know how they're going to respond and react uh, in, in, live, in live reps. Um, so we, we did – we chose to play each other, and we played each other uh, – played uh, Bay High and a little jamboree last week and kind of – Kind of saw kind of what we, we kind of expected early on in the first half and uh, kind of saw some nerves and some jitters and uh, that led to some mistakes on our part. But I thought that they uh, slowed the game down a lot the second half and played a lot more within their self and within their, their minds. You know, and, and you you talked about the, the blue-white scrimmage and then the jamboree with Bay High. It's always nice to get you, get you the kids, the, the, the boys are ready to – get out and hit somebody in different colored jerseys too. You never want to beat up on your teammates and stuff too much to get ready for the season. But uh, talk about the momentum going on. The kids, you, like you said, kind of played a little uh, hesitant there uh, so far in, in the first quarter, but they seem to come along midway through that first quarter and then start that second quarter. Yes, I'm really, really – I told somebody the other day, I'm really glad that we played that jamboree. Um, you know, it's always one of those things where a lot of coaches don't like playing them. You know, they don't like, you know, showing their opponent, you know, what they might be doing or, or whatever. But I felt like it was important for us to play as early as possible because we are so young. And with a young team, one thing is inevitable. You know, with this young team and this coaching staff that we have, you're going to see improvement every week. Um, it might be a little bit, um, but it could be a lot. It just depends on, you know, our kids' focus during the week and, and their willingness to prepare and their willingness to focus on getting better each and every single day. Um, you could see a completely different team every Friday night. So I'm optimistic about that. You know, and with the youth on the team, as you mentioned with the, the sophomores, talk about your summer. Uh, the summer kind of really makes or breaks the, the player. You're going to see what they, you've got in your team that come out in the heat of the days, in the workout, and, and to be there. And, and, you know, some some's not. We just have to say some's not going to come or come when they won't or whatever. But the summer workouts, May, June, July, before you get ready to start back school in August, that, that had to be huge because I know uh, the kids out there, and I know some of them that come in and just blood, sweat, and tears this summer. Yes, um, and it's, you know, our summer workouts are tough. They're hard. They're two and a half, three hours. This was one of the hottest summers that I think I've ever coached. Um, it was extremely hot out there. And, you know, any, any coach that, that tells you that they were, you know, really impressed or thought they had a phenomenal summer is telling you a story. Uh, I think every coach uh, would, would agree that summer participation can always be better. Uh, I think summer is one of those things where, you know, you can get you can get improve you can improve and get a lot better as an individual, but it's hard to improve and get a lot better as a team if they're unless you have you know perfect attendance every single day. Um, and like I said, that's that's extremely rare. I don't know if it's it's ever happened. Yeah, and you know, a good a, a tradition here at Prover Central, the Baddest Devil Week, kind of you know y'all coaches y'all come up with points and y'all got events coming up. Uh, talk about the, the, the kids, the top 10. I know it's been all over social media, everybody's, but it, it's it's an accomplishment to get your name in the top 10 to win it. And then also 
to get uh, your name on the on the board as finishing in the top ten. Uh, and I, I know, and I, the name names escape me. All of them right now, finishing the top ten. I know I've seen, I've seen the, uh, like I said, the social media post. But uh, what, a, what an accomplishment by the by the young men uh, finishing in the top ten and everybody that participated in Baptist Devil Week. Well, it's a, uh, you know, the Baptist Devil is the kind of the culmination of your of your off season, not just your summer. I mean, you're talking about some of these kids have been in here working since December. Um, so it's pretty much your. You know where you've come from the end of, of one football season to the beginning of the other football season um, you know our kids look forward to it it's a competition uh, we make it a big deal they get their sign you know up on the wall for forever it'll you know it'll, it'll always be there forever and ever and ever um, I'm trying to find through sc scroll through my notes here and give you the top 10 because I don't remember all 10 right off the top of my head but uh, I know the baddest devil was uh, B.J. Bellello, um, and it you know it usually is typically is a senior that gets it, and and it probably should be. That's right. Um, you know he's been here in the program now for going on his fifth year, and uh, you know is he is the baddest guy in that weight room. He's the baddest guy on our field, um, and we expect a lot of things out of him expect him to uh, to grow and develop into a tremendous leader for us as well yeah and you can see that in bj too uh he he leads i walked into the the field house earlier here in the weight room and, and you could tell the leadership in him you know talking to the guys pumping them up and, and you're gonna you need that from from your seniors with this young core of, of football players that you have here uh coaches you get ready um to look at hancock this week what do you uh what do you anticipate Coach Coach uh, Neil at Hancock bringing to the table uh, for this Friday night? I'm going to go ahead. Oh, go, I, go I ahead. found my notes. I'm going to go ahead and mention All the right. other guys. Uh, Ethan Lossett was second with 214. B.J. Bellillo, number one, baddest devil, 222. Tristan Williams, he'll be a senior, 208. Slade Malcolm, he'll be a senior, 203. Corday Russell, our freshman quarterback, finished with a 195 total. That's the first time we've ever had a freshman on the baddest devil top 10 dalton gerald tied for sixth at 193 he's going to be a sophomore landon law martina 193 he'll be a junior jacob lewis 192 he'll be a junior anderson polk 186 he'll be a senior and preston williamson 185 he'll be a senior um so those are you know the guys that finish in the top 10 like i said you know we'll, we'll honor them with a you know a picture in the program and um the sign to go up on the wall forever yeah, and then and, and it's like tremendous effort uh, from from them young men there too. And like you said, talk, your your freshman quarterback, first time ever having a freshman in the top ten. Uh, talk about you mentioned the Bay High game and and some things that you had mentioned how sluggish y'all might have started the game. Uh, but talk about your freshman quarterback going under center. I thought he, you know, us as talking ball y'all called the game. I thought he threw a pretty pass on the run there. Uh, you know, as a highlight that sticks in my head and hit Carson Black for I think it was a 35 yard touchdown pass somewhere in that vicinity. But I thought he he's he's got some growing pains. As me and you talked, and he's a freshman. But I, I thought overall. I thought he looked uh, he looked pretty good for you know the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean the thing about him is like you know, like I said, having a young football team, you're going to get better every week, and he's only going to get better with every game he plays and every snap he takes. So we're extremely excited excited about him and his future. Um, he's a great athlete, but more importantly, he's a great kid. You know, I've always said that that um, you can win football games with good football players, but you win championships with good people, and he's a good person and. Uh, he really uh, devotes a lot of time to trying to be the best quarterback he can for this team. Um, I thought he did some really good things, you know, and there's some things that, you know, we sat and watched film and sh showed him just little things, you know, mainly with his footwork, uh, you know, and his eyes. Uh, so those are just little things he's got to get better at, and he'll continue to get better. Yeah, and, and you know, you got this week preparing for Hancock to start, I say, the official uh, start of the season. Uh, you got Hancock at home, uh, and I'm going to say a Sitze school because that's what it is right now uh, yeah. before next year's classifications changes everything. But what do you expect Hancock to bring? I know y'all probably shared some film and you've seen some things that Hancock's going to do, but what do you expect uh, from Hancock coming in uh, to your place here this Friday night? Well, Hancock's always going to look like a, you know, 
a small college or a Division One college offensive line, defensive line. They've got size. Uh, they pride themselves on being physical over there in the kill, and we do here, so I'm expecting a physical game. They've got a quarterback that throws it really well. Um, they've got a receiver that can go get it, and you know they're a solid football team, and uh, they're they're a very good coaching staff. So I expect them to have a good plan, and I expect it to be a, a very competitive contest. Well, coach, thanks for uh, taking time for the podcast this evening, and we will talk to you pregame. We'll get an interview from you pregame this uh, this Friday night during the Diamond Productions pregame show. We'll talk to you then, coach. Thank you, man. Y'all have a good one. Attention all Little League coaches and commissioners, all high school coaches and athletic directors, or anyone looking for plaques, trophies, or any other kind of ceremonial awards. Give our friends at Riverbanks Engraving a shot. They specialize in custom plaques, trophies, championship rings, and more. They even do custom engraved hats. You can stop by their shop at 107 West Canal Street in Picayune or give them a call at 601-798-4928. Also, look them up on Facebook and give their page a follow. Riverbanks Engraving. No award is too big or too small. Josh and Jeremy Robertson, owners of Robertson Brothers Used Cars, have proudly been serving Picayune, Poplarville, and all surrounding area for over 10 years. They hang their hats on being lifetime residents of Pearl River County and take pride in serving their community, not only with quality used cars, but also with helping out local youth in any way possible. Robertson Brothers used cars are located at 617 Highway 11 South in Picayune. Give them a call at 601-799-1220 or look them up on the web at robertsonbrothersusedcars.com. We're now excited to be joined by head football coach of the Picayune Maroon Tide defending state champs on the 5a level cody stogner cody thanks for taking time for me man absolutely play anytime man and live and in person with cody we've done a bunch of these over the years but it's cool to be able to do this one in person after they wrap up a monday practice let's go straight there coach what have you liked about your team in this fall just just the the energy we've had you know you can tell they've been dying to get back on the football field get the pads on and Get the cracking lackings like we like we, we like to say, and uh, you know the excitement's there. Uh, but I, you know, I give them credit. You know, we they they put in a lot of hard work since since December, and uh, you know it's, it's the greatest season on and there is. And I think these guys are just ready to get it here. Coach, when you look at what it takes to get to a good fall camp before season gets kicked off, which comes Friday, you alluded to it there, and coaches know this is right where you went. Um, the summer workouts included in that. Have you been happy in the way that they've attacked? There's a lot of pressure and expectations on on this set of kids. Have you been happy with the way they've attacked that? Absolutely. I mean, we put a ton of pressure on them starting from January 1st, and that's just from the weight room and everything we've done this offseason. Uh, you know, these guys answered every call that we gave to them, and uh, they put it in. They know what's at stake. And, you know, I mean, pressure, we, we, you know, to me, this isn't pressure. Pressure is, you know, having a ten dollar, a ten dollar putt, and you can't put a dollar in your pocket. And <laughs> you know, this is football. And these guys, you know, they're football players. They 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 prepare themselves well, and they've done it great in this all season. And uh, can't wait for Friday night to get here. Cody, when you look at it, just seeing, I guess it was Peyton Wells on one of the interviews, one of the previews, he spoke straight into it. One of your senior leaders on the club, he spoke straight into the reality of trying to go back to back. You had a Picune team not all that long ago that had an opportunity to do this with a lot coming back. Do y'all talk about that, Cody, and, and how challenging that following year were? You were a part of that staff, I do believe, and, and really the talk of the town was, hey, that group was a little bit ahead of schedule. Maybe they'll go back to back. Real similar to what the talk is around. Is there any comparison or do y'all look back and say, hey, this group, for whatever reason, wasn't able to get it done, kind of look at some of those pitfalls and try to avoid that? Well, the, the goal every year is to win it all. I mean, regardless if it's back-to-back or if it's every 10 years, we, we're going to try and win it every year. Now, you know, we are in a, a, a good situation, and we have a lot of players back from last year's team. But, you know, it's going to take a lot of things. We're going to get lucky. You know, you got to get lucky to win one. you got to stay healthy. And then, you know, that 2012 team, we were unfortunate. We bottled some injuries that year, some really key injuries. So, you know, if we can stay healthy and we can play, you know, picking football like we're capable of playing, uh, you know, there's a chance that we could be there. But, I mean, you never know. Everybody else is a year older, a year better. 
And, uh, you know, we've got to take it week, week by week. I mean, you know, right now, right now, we, 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 you know, our ultimate goal is to win it all. But right now, our ultimate goal right now is to win Friday night. Coach, when you look at it as a former offensive lineman and also a former catcher, I like to look at baseball and being strong up the middle. You're missing two of those guys. You've got some answer, uh, questions that have to be answered uh, through the middle. How do you feel at center and quarterback coming out of the fall? Well, I mean, both of those guys have played a lot of football growing up. They've been around football. They come from football families. And uh, right now we got a sophomore, Brendan Williams, that's going to step in there and you know, really good athlete, uh, sophomore. I mean, he's got he's got a lot to learn. It's going to be a learning experience for him, especially on that first snap. You know, the, the jitters are going to be there, but you know, we wouldn't put him there if we didn't trust him. And then Brady, you know, Brady's played a lot of football. Uh, he's been around it his whole life, and you know, and, he, and you know, he was he, he got some quality snaps last year for us, and uh, and it's his turn. So you know, we're, we're expecting big things from him, and uh, you know, he's also got thrown into a leadership role as a junior. So. You know, that's one thing I want to touch on, too, is our leadership from our seniors this year. It's, 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 you know, I can't ask for anything better out of those guys of what they've done to get us to, to bring this team along to where we are right now. Coach, one of those seniors is going to be a tailback. His story's really been told. We don't really need to camp out there a lot. But uh, Dydell, with the pressure that he's had on him, the expectation, the hype, that's a lot for a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid. How do you think he's handled that? And how has his season been as one of those leaders? Look, I don't think anybody works as hard as Dante Dowdell does. I mean, he's seven days a week. Even when we aren't up here, he's he's outside. He's doing something. He's sneaking in here and working out. And, you know, I don't even think he even took any kind of vacations at all this summer. He, he has one goal in mind. And, you know, he, he wants to be the best. And for him to be the best, it makes us better, too. But... You know, I can see one thing about Dante is, is his leadership is like, you know, it's, it's picked up. He's he's holding everybody accountable and he holds himself accountable. And that's what it takes to be a leader. And so, I mean, you know, it's great. And he's going to be the first one to tell you if it wouldn't be for the rest of the guys around him to put him in a situation. But he's an exceptional talent and, and he's worked for everything he's got. Coach, last question. I know your time's pressing. I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, Seth Hayden and his staff on the defensive side of the ball, how blessed are they, Coach? I mean, I've had the pleasure to be able to watch y'all practice some, and, boy, he's going to roll out pretty good 11 on that side. When you're kind of attacking them on the other side and scheming as the offensive mind, they're a tough group to compete with. How? Let's talk about how good they are and how it's got to help the offense to see them every day in well, practice. I mean, I feel like our defense is going to be one of the best in the state. And that's, I mean, I, I feel like I have the best staff in the state from, from – Coach Hayden, Coach Smith, Coach Summers, Coach Poole, Coach Edwards, uh, Coach Robertson, Coach Feely, and Coach Fagan. I mean, these guys put in the work. You know, it's you know we wouldn't be as good without those guys. And but yeah, the defense, man, it's nice to go against. You know, I feel like, which like I feel like is one of the best in the state. And you know, they're fast, they're aggressive, uh, and they're hungry. And so we got a lot of them, a lot of experience back over there. So you know, the old saying goes, a good, a really good defense and a good running game will travel well. So you know, we're hoping just that, like, it's going to come down to keeping everybody healthy and just. Make sure we get them in the right spots and turn them loose. There you go, Cody. Normally travels well and normally gets you in the cold weather. And in South Mississippi, if you're still playing, when we have to break the jackets out, that's a good thing. I appreciate your time, Coach. Absolutely. Roll Tide.